Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble... Whatever is right and whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the peace of God will be with you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Put your helmet on. I kind of said this a little bit earlier, but also this is, we're kind of, we're, we're not kind of, we're dealing with the battlefield of the mind. Interesting topic, isn't it? Have you ever been hit in the head? I, I mean really hit in the head. I'm not, I'm not the only one that has got scars on my head from getting hit. Everything from bicycle accidents to smacking my head on the pavement to getting hit with a, what do they call those? Post driver. Those big metal post drivers? Yeah, that happened when we were up here. Man, I got a scar right across the top of my head from that. And, and I'm fine. Really? I am. But yeah, have you ever got hit in the head? I mean, just seeing stars kind of thing. Boxing, for example. You know, it, it's a, the, the point of that sport is to knock someone out. Right? To knock them out. To, to make them totally incapacitated so that they cannot defend themselves. Right? Sermon in a sentence. Your state of mind impacts your life. Your state of mind impacts your life. So here we are as believers stepping onto this battlefield and we are supposed to put our armor on against an enemy who is to steal, kill, and destroy. He is a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. Okay? Devour. In, in, in the Greek, that word literally means to rip open and drink the blood of. So he's not playing. And I think that's one of the things that we need to really grasp and understand. That it's not good enough for us just to not pursue God to try and keep the enemy at bay. Right? Because if you know, you know, what, what we understand at points is that if someone is really going after the Lord, if they're pursuing God with all, their have, that all they have, the man, the enemy is going to take them out and want to take them out totally. Right? Well, you know what? If I'm not pushing so hard, maybe I'm not going to catch the attention. Maybe it's a little bit easier on me. 
let, let me tell you, if you are a believer, his job is to destroy you. That's his job. That's what he wants to do. He wants to destroy you, devour you. Whether you're pursuing God or not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So we're in this boxing match. We get up in the morning. There is no one going, okay, are you ready? There's no referee going, okay, are you ready? You wake up and it's on. Ready or not, here he comes. And we get caught in this understanding that, you know what, maybe I just, I'm, I'm just going to try to survive this day. Right? Who, who else has said that? I'm just going to, if I can survive this day, I'm good. This is a victory. And at points, you know what, that's true because even, even the Bible talks about saying, when you've done all, stand. Peter says, when you've done all, stand. Just stand. But there's a point in which the enemy just tears into us, and, and, and more often than not, it seems to be in our heads. Right? It's crippling, isn't it? If we get too off focus on understanding and listening to the questions and the what ifs and the who shoulds and why didn't you and the, the pummeling that we feel of just boom, 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 then we just lay there in a heap and hope he goes away. Don't we? I've been there. And we're just like, he's got to just lay up sometime, lay off sometime. And then we just, and we call upon the Lord for help, and you know what? He steps in and helps. But see, here's one of those things where we can call upon the Lord, and He will answer us, and He will be there for us, and He will protect us. But then yet, Paul says to put on the whole armor of God. So there's some kind of responsibility that we have here. And this is what it is. Our children, when they're babies, we, we go and pick them up, right? Cute little baby, get to hold the baby, take care of the baby. Right? My Anna and Emma, six and seven years old. Daddy, pick me up. Sure. Pick you up. Ian Thomas laying on the floor. Son, get up. Right? We, you know, what are you doing? I, I know that you know that you can stand up. Stand up. See, there's an expectation as a father to look at where my children are from a mature standpoint and go, I'll happily pick you up and take care of you. Yes, I'll still pick you up. Ian, come on, son. Get up. And see, that's also part of what Paul's talking about when he's talking about, you know what, in, 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 I believe it's in Corinthians, he's, he's talking to the Corinthians and he's like, look, you know, you guys are done drinking milk. I need you to be eating meat. Put the baby bottle down and pick up a T-bone. Right? 
And there's an understanding of our maturity level to where God goes, yes, I am there for you. I am with you. I will defend you. I will, I will ambush the enemy for you. But I need you to put your armor on. Learn. Understand how to do this. And that's what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about what the helmet of salvation is. And next week, we're probably going to talk about how to put it on and use it. But we're going to talk about what the helmet of salvation is. Now, there are many, many more scholar and learned people than I that can tell you about what the helmet of salvation is. Okay? One of them is John Wesley. Go figure. Here's what he says. Take the helmet of the hope of your salvation. He says the head is is that part that is most carefully needed to be defended. One stroke can prove fatal. Boy, that's true, isn't it? One thought can hit you and take you out the rest of the day, the week, right? It can really prove fatal. The armor for this is the hope of salvation. Now, hope, I'm not talking about hope as in, I'm going to put this on and man, I hope this works. The hope, you can, you can actually take the word confidence and put that in there and say, this is the confidence of your salvation. Salvation for eternal life, yes, but salvation that God will deliver you from what you're facing. That's your confidence. So it is the hope of the helmet of salvation. Okay, you ready for my definition? <laughs> it's a mental guard. It is an unwavering, unchanging, steadfast belief. That's confidence. Unwavering, unchanging, steadfast belief that God and all of His promises to you are more powerful than what you're being told. Let that sink in. That helmet of salvation is your confidence that God and all of His promises to you are more powerful than what you're being told. It's a belief. It is an unchanging, unwavering, steadfast belief. It is me allowing what God tells me about me to internalize all of His promises. And I believe them without a shadow of a doubt. I don't care what the circumstances say. I don't care what the situation looks like. This is what He's told me. This is the direction that we're going. And it doesn't matter what I'm told. That's the path I'm following. I believe that much in it. Do you know that feeling? It doesn't matter what it's about. It can be how much your spouse loves you. It can be how much your children care about you. It can be how much you care and love your, about your children. But the key here is, is to grip and grab a hold of that feeling. That understanding what is unwavering in your life. 
Because when you feel that and you understand that confidence in there, then you can transfer, and the God oftentimes takes and He transfers that confidence into these things that matter. I need to have as much confidence with that helmet of salvation on my head than I know that Julie loves me. Do you see, we've got to relate it. We need to relate these spiritual things to things that we are experiencing in the physical. Because we're making that bridge... Right? Remember talking about that? That we are making this bridge from the physical into the spiritual so that the spiritual we are engaged in and it changes us spiritually and physically. If we just operate in the physical, then we just operate in the physical. If we operate in the spiritual, we operate in both. That's what God designed us for. Does that make sense? So we need to grab a hold of something physical in our life to understand the depth of the confidence that God is talking about here in His Word when He says, put on the armor. That means that when I have that helmet on and something comes against me as far as the enemy is going to throw something at me to make me think something different, then I go back to the promises. I go back to the truth. And that's what I tell him. Well, I heard this and this, and, and I don't know if this is going to work out for me. And you know what? This is absolutely the worst case scenario that could happen. So I'm just going to go ahead and just prepare for that because that's the worst that could happen. So you know what? If I just prepare for that, then I'm not going to be disappointed. Does that sound familiar to anybody? That's a wide open window to my life. And so, I, and when those doubts come in and those things come against me, I'm like, okay, that's great. I understand what you just said, but what did God promise me? What did he promise me? Because that's what I'm standing on. And so then I can then respond to that and go, no, you're a liar. No, I'm not going to fall into that temptation. No, I'm not going to allow myself to be accused of that. Or no, I'm not going to wear those glasses and look at life through those lenses because that's a, a path to destruction. Because your job, Satan, is to steal, kill, and destroy. God is, I've got promises for you, I've got abundant life for you, that it is more, that this life could be more than you could ever, ever imagine. So you know what? I'm going to let that go and I'm going to step into this. And why can I do that? Because I'm guarded. I'm mentally guarded. The helmet of salvation is our mental guard. What gives us that confidence that God in all of his promises are more powerful than what I'm being told. Now, we have heard it our entire lives. Did you read your Bible today? Did you read your Bible today? What verses have you memorized? And it becomes mundane. At points, doesn't it? It does. But see, this is a practical application to where this is where those truths and those promises come in. Because if you know what God's promised you, 
then that's your guard. That's your defense. So, that's why we have started with emptying our backpacks. Because we need to know what we need, what we need to get rid of. Because those boulders, and I know this may sound funny, but those boulders talk. Don't they? Does your doubt that you carry talk to you? Does your worry and anxiety that you carry talk to you? So it's about removing those things, but we need to replace it. We need to replace it. And one of the most difficult things that, that I have experienced as far as this part of the armor and, and the mental battlefield that I deal with is that how do you control all that? Right? How do you control all that? How do you step into the promise and how do you own the promise and disregard the other stuff? That's why our portraits are so important. That's why understanding our purpose is so important because it gives you a bearing. It gives you a point in which to, to drive to. At the same time, to hear the truth of what God is sharing with us is vital because you know what? We could believe it. And sometimes we don't believe what God shares, things, uh, shares with us. You know why we don't believe Him? Because, man, it's too good to be true. God would never bless me like that. God wouldn't look at me that way. And the whole time, the enemy is like, I got you where I want you. Because you know what? I'm about to rip you apart. But putting on the helmet of salvation is, is just that. Part of, so much of it starts with understanding the God's promises for you. Understanding God's promises for you. And letting Him walk you through these difficult times that we face so that we have ammunition within our hearts to go, yes, God is going to take care of me and He is going to bless me because He has done this and He has done this and He has done this. And I have seen Him do this. That's why Moses wrote the first five books. is so the children of Israel could go back and read who He was and who he is, so that they could become what God made them to be. But the battle is often here. I'm going to run through a few things, and then we'll close and we'll pick up on this next week. So how do you put the helmet on? Okay? I don't want to talk all about it and then go, okay, you've got to wait till next week. Good luck. It's not that at all. It really is. How do you put the helmet on? First, you have to make a choice to make it a part of your wardrobe. It's a choice. You have to choose this. You have to understand that it is a choice. I'm going to put the helmet on today. So how do I do that? I'll get into that in a moment. But do you understand the importance of choice? It's kind of like, you know, we, we have all at some point in, in some way dealt with someone we know or someone we love who has dealt with or is dealing with some type of addiction. Right? And some of the things that we say are the change won't happen until they've hit rock bottom and decided to do it. Right? So in, in that context, in, in, we, we understand the importance of choice. Don't we? 
We understand the importance of choice in that context. Church, that's no different with us. Will I put that on or not? Well, you know, I've been doing all right. You know, I think I can make it through. I don't think I really need it. You're going into the boxing ring with no protection? Really? You may make it through round one, but round two may be pretty, pretty tough. So we have to make that choice and go, okay, even if it's like, I don't understand this thing. I don't know how to use it. I don't know how it works. I don't know if it straps on automatically. I don't know. I don't know what this really is. But I'm going, to wait, I'm going to be willing to put it on. That's our first step. Be willing to put it on. Second, recognize and identify. This is part of looking at our past. So it's almost like I think through what transpires or what happens to send me off course. Mentally, what happens to send me off course? It can be, I missed breakfast. It can be, somebody said something to me the wrong way. It can be somebody's voice tone. It can be much more dramatic than that. But there are things that happen in our lives that we're walking down this path and all of a sudden, I'm over here. And by the time you're over here, all of this turmoil has taken place. And you're standing here going, man, why did I make that decision back there? Now I have to go back through here and repair all this stuff to get back to this point. Something happened. Recognize it. Identify it. Something happened. When, you, when you're able to recognize that, then you're able to obviously identify that. And it's, it's us getting an understanding of what the enemy is doing to us. We're taking the bait along the way. And we need to identify that. When that happens, you need to speak the truth of your salvation. Now, salvation, yes, eternity. Salvation promises. What did God promise you? That he'll never leave you or forsake you. What did God promise you? I will answer you when you call. What has God promised you? That at that moment, when you begin to realize that, oh man, I'm in this situation right now. I have a decision to make. Am I going to go this way or am I going to keep on course? That's when you start speaking. That's when your defenses come up. That's when the enemy realizes that, man, I just hit him in the head with something and he didn't move. Because the enemy is coming against God's promises. Fifth, practice. Practice. The passage we read this morning out of Philippians chapter 4. Think on these things. I have a question for you. What do you think about? What do you think about? 
Do you think about whatever is true? Promises. Truths. Whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is noble, what do you think about? Because what you think about is this. That's your defense. What do you think about? Quickly, make your decision. Recognize what's taking place. Identify what's taking place and what's going on. How is the enemy attacking you? What's taking you off course? Fourth, speak the truth. Speak of the promises. Five, practice. Think on these things. If you don't know what those things are, make it your homework. Give yourself a list of things to think about that are right, that are holy, that are lovely, that are true. Paul writes in Romans, Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world. Don't think the same way you used to. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. This morning we prayed for our country. Because the pattern of this world is broken. Don't conform yourself to it. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Think on these things. Don't think about the things that you used to. Think on these things and your mind will be renewed. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, His pleasing, and His perfect will. Church, we have a week coming up. We've got a lot going on in our week coming up, don't we? We do. Let's practice thinking on these things and not the things that the enemy wants to use to steal, kill, and destroy us. Next week, we'll talk more about battlefield of the mind and understanding um, more so what it means and what it looks like to live with a helmet on. Father, Lord God, I thank you for the day that you've given us and how you've blessed us to be here together as family, as your children, as your sons and daughters, and and for you to bless us. God, I just I ask you to lead us. Take the things that you've shared today, Lord. Etch them into our hearts and into our minds. Father, strengthen our self-control. Because it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Father, we ask for your defense. We ask for your protection. We ask for your promises to be made known to us this week like they never have before. Father, so that we can move in confidence to know that your promises, words to us, are stronger, are more powerful, are greater than what the enemy is whispering in our ear. Father, we thank you for being our God and our Father. In Jesus' name, amen.